Welcome to your best bets. One of the best weeks of the year ahead of us. We have the Players Championship this week. Uh, big, big um, NCAA basketball week as, as well. Championship week, culminating selection Sunday. Um, so a lot going on this week in the world of sports. Uh, the Players Championship, one of my favorites. Um, I know I, I think I speak for the guys. I'm going to introduce uh, one of their favorite tournaments as well. Uh, many consider it the fifth major uh, crown jewel, of the PGA Tour. So we got to talk about that tonight. Uh, we're going to, of course, review the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, really compelling, awesome Sunday um, that we were treated to yesterday. And uh, going to talk about the, uh, the the changes the tour um, made in uh, last week. Uh, talking about the designated events and some of the qualifications for uh, those events in 2024, uh, which leads me to introducing the, uh, I guess, panel. I don't know if I've ever used that word, but the <laughs> the, the panel tonight, and 150 shows in now, it's, we got a panel. Uh, Johnny Strauss is here. What's up? You know, I, I think this is going to be a good week. Um, my only thought is, and the only thing I want to introduce the show with is, uh, in a 1v1 bet, are we going to have more balls in the water at 17 or mock drafts that we see uh, on Twitter or some other random pu- publication, which I'll, I'll be quite honest with you, I'm already exhausted mm-hmm. of as of like two or three weeks ago. So I think that's that means I follow too many of those types of people on Twitter. But I just wonder if that's going to be the case. But either mm-hmm. way, good to be here. Good to Good to talk about this week. I'm glad you mentioned mock drafts because obviously we're all, we're on the precipice of free agency week in the NFL, but it's already started today with these agreements before the actual um, free agency opens. Derek Carr, um, so a lot's going to be going on, a lot going on with my team, the Bears. I mean, how many times are we going to trade back? How many picks are we going to acquire? So, uh, lots to think about there as well. Dave Belleville's here, uh, Dave. We haven't had you on since the the majors draft, which was a really really fun uh, podcast that we did in the fall. So glad to have you back. Um, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Glad to be here. That was a very fun podcast, and actually, about a week or so ago, I kind of found my notes from that, and I saw all my picks. So I'm gonna try to keep track of that this year. But yeah, it's kind of cool. How are they panning out? Because I don't remember. What um, well, we haven't had a major yet. So, you know, That's right true. now I'm still four for four. <laughs> I, I I usually leave Johnny to track that kind of stuff. But so I'm, I'm hoping he's doing that behind the scenes somewhere. I don't know. Well, I, I found my picks. I didn't write down all of yours necessarily. So um, but back back to Johnny's point real quick. Johnny, I can guarantee you it's more mock drafts than balls in the water. So, God. Because, <laughs> yeah, they've been going on for three or four weeks. They're going to continue going on up until draft day. My, so <laughs> my, my favorite types of mock drafts are the hypothetical trades. Like, yeah. like that is yeah. somehow going to accurately be predicted <laughs> that Houston is going to move up to one and give the exact compensation to Chicago in return. Right. Or right. Detroit's moving out of six. It's just it, it makes me laugh. But you know, yeah, it, it's it, funny. I don't mind seeing the occasional ones and like I like to watch our Lions beat writers, you know, because they are, you know, they talk to Campbell and, and the team and everything. But uh 
good God, it's just, it's, it's yeah. so far away and just stop. You know, the funny thing about that too, and then obviously we get to golf, but that tells you how powerful the NFL is though, mm-hmm. that, that they keep oh, yeah. doing that stuff and people just eat it up. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing. So, yeah. yeah. It's truly become a year round league. I mean, even when there's oh, no 100%. games being played, yeah. uh, my, my son, uh, we'll move on in a second here. My son's 11 and he is, he is like the next Adam Schefter in waiting. He's um, he knows he knows guys' contracts. He knows he sat Saturday and watched the combine. He was telling me about Anthony Richardson's measurables. No way, that's and, cool. And his forty time. He's like, Dad, he's breaking all these records for quarterbacks. His vertical. Um, he's obsessed with it. He, he's begging me to be on the podcast to talk about something. Um, but yeah, I'm like, okay, I've, I've bred this, this Adam Schefter. Let's see if we can, uh, spin it forward to something and maybe he can, he can pay for, you know, my, my future house someday um, <laughs> or, or his college <laughs> or his college, something. But yeah, I think he actually, I mean, I think he likes the off season more than the actual games. I mean, he loves, he loves look at the mock drafts, free agency rumors, the whole thing. So it's, it's, it's amazing oh, cool. to me. Um, R- real, real on. quick on the NFL, you heard yeah. it here first. Richardson will be drafted before Young from Alabama. I mean, it's 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 hard to see what he he'll immediately become the best quarterback, uh, the the athlete. Um, I guess the athletic quarterback in the NFL as soon as he enters the right. league. So it's hard to not right. see the upside. Um, you see everything he can do. I actually, and I, I the problem is I saw him watch play. I, I watched him play football last year, and I just didn't see it. I didn't see it yet. But you know, we didn't it. see it. We didn't see it with Josh Allen when he was at Wyoming, right? And I think that's that's the Correct. most valid comparison we've we've seen yeah. um, so far. Um, Bryce Young, though, man, small dude, small dude. But that's mm-hmm. and that's what scares me about him. And again, I know this isn't a football talk, but we've been talking about it off and on. He's five ten. They say two oh four. Maybe he mm-hmm. had a few cheeseburgers right before he I say he in. got fat. He purposely got fat Th- for the that's draft. That's what I'm saying. And I mean, and he'll lose it all for his pro day. Especially because more than likely he's going to a team whose offensive line is suspect to begin with. I, it scares the heck out of me for that guy, to be honest with you. It really does. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident there's going to be four quarterbacks in the top 10. I mean, I think Levis is going to be taken as well. Um, yeah, I don't, it's not a stretch for sure. It really isn't. I'm, I'm really interested to see what Johnny's Lions do if they take a quarterback for the future. Um, I mean, unless you want Jared Goff taking you to the next level. I mean, who knows? He wasn't bad last year, though. Let's be honest. It wasn't bad. No, it, you know, I, I, I'm both ways on it. And I actually would like to, I'd like to actually chat about the draft, you know, in the coming weeks. You know, maybe we could all have a big, "Quote unquote," I guess panel now um, of, <laughs> of people, yes. and and we could talk like about it. that kind of stuff and where our teams and everything like that are. But yeah, it's 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 very interesting. It's nice to see, for the Lions' sake, a lot of top quality uh, players projected, like Dave said, in the top ten. So it gives them options on whether they want to develop a guy because they've also got a first round pick, or whether they want to trade out of that, or if teams jump ahead of them, you know, to, to get that pick. So it's going to be, I think, pretty fascinating. I think we've seen a couple drafts in the last three to five years that, that have just been kind of just crazy with the trades. I think this, this top 10 this year is going to be really must see TV. Um, you know, when it happens, because there's going to be so many teams trying to jockey in position there to get the, to get the guy they want that they think that can lead yeah. them for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, 
moving forward, uh, we could, I mean, we could talk about NFL draft all day, but uh, we are here to talk about golf. Um, We're going to have to edit this whole first segment out. No, no, this is the good stuff. Um, the, you know, I, I had Scott Perry on last night and I, I kind of joked this was going to be like some sort of like teacher week because um, I was scheduled to have Callahan on Thursday. Unfortunately, um, something happened where he's going to be in Las Vegas uh, this week. So good for him. Not good for the podcast. So he won't be on. But Dave, you're on and you've had you've had a similar, I, I guess, transition in your life. That Scott, he, he talked about last night, and I, I'm sure people that follow you on social media are, are, are aware of your venture. But for those that aren't, go ahead and uh, give us give us the uh, the rundown. Yeah, um, back when I was a younger kid, probably almost before almost before either of you were born, not quite, but you were, you were babies, I'm sure, still. But uh, I was an assistant golf professional um, back in the late '80s, early '90s. I did get my full class a status within the pga uh in 1991 and then i I decided to get out of the golf business at the end of 1991 after i had spent seven-ish years in it um and i never ever really thought much about getting back into it until maybe six months ago um my wife and i were kind of just sitting around talking about different things and she mentioned something about well would you ever want to do that again and again, I never had really thought about it, but that kind of put a, a just a little thought in my mind. And I'm like, I don't know. And then just kind of snowballed a little bit. And at the golf garage, we have had a ton of people asking about lessons. And we're just like, yeah, we haven't found anybody. Nick Benz did them for a short period of time whenever he would come up from Indy. We've been sending a lot of people Callahan's way um, and or to Apex. Um, but I'm like, okay, why not? I mean, why, why not do this? I mean, I'm, I'm never going to make the tour. I don't want to make the tour. It's not that kind of golf professional. Um, but I do enjoy giving lessons and helping people get better. Um, and I can do that. Am I going to take a five handicap and turn them into a scratch? Not likely, but you give me a, a beginner or somebody that's 15 or 18 or 10 that wants to get down to that, you know, single digit or five. Yeah, I can do that all day long. Um, And if you think about it, that's the majority of your people anyway that are looking for instruction. So, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of a big deal. Um, Already started actually a few weeks ago. I've probably given 12, 14 lessons already. Um, So, and right now I'm just doing them on my off time. So, uh, at some point, I don't know when that'll be. Hopefully I'll have a few more hours to devote to that. So, um, yeah, just, uh, pretty exciting. Looking forward to it. Gotta be, gotta be pretty busy right now. I would think juggling, uh, juggling both. Yeah, it it is hard. Cause one of the things that, uh, Scott Toner, the owner of golf garage and I discussed, he's like, I really don't want you giving them, you know, during the hour hours that you're working because you know and which i get and we're so busy right now anyway with the three bays there's not a ton of open times so it's really trying to fit them in around you know whenever we've got some openings and or once we can get outside that'll make it a little bit easier as well so yeah i mean the the you know the time i decided to announce it was back in february um i have had so many people ask hey when can we do it when are you going to do it and so, yeah, it's just kind of snowballed from there. So it's been really good so far, though. Yeah. Johnny, anything to add on that? No, well, I mean, 
you know, I think you fit in with a lot of the other like like local guys. Like a lot of the the, the amateur players around here. When I when I first moved down here, mm-hmm. what God, it's been probably fifteen years or so. A lot of just just like like gearheads, just golf nuts, just not not the type that would just show up to the golf course. Let's just play and not really care much about the game and everything like that. Um, you know, so I think your, your understanding of the golf swing, you know, just talking with, with, you know, guys that we play with, you know, every Saturday morning or, or during a tournament or something like that, you know, and, and talking about the various swing swings and fundamentals and, and, you know, the swing thoughts and everything. I got to think that that's, uh, you know, that would probably prepare you pretty well to adjust to the different types of, of golfers that you're going to get in. And like, I think you said, you know, it probably, seems to me that you ultimately you just want people to come in and give them some lessons and just make golf just a little bit more fun. Like you're not, you're not going to create the next city champion. You're not looking to do that. You just want a guy who's going to, you know, be able to go out and have a couple beers with his buddies and, and, you know, maybe he can't break 90 and, you know, you turn him into an 87 or 86 shooter. I mean, that's, that's kind of ultimately your goal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, and, and the big key to that too, is I don't have one specific method or way that I teach. I mean, different people, body types, sizes, ages, they swing the golf club differently. So there's not really one, I call it like a cookie cutter type swing. That, that's mm-hmm. not me. Um, but there are certain basics that have to be met you know, from waist high to waist high, both backswing follow through and at impact. So if you can kind of get them to where they're better able to match that segment of their swing up, they're going to be a lot better. And I got to tell you, the other thing that kind of went ahead and pushed me down this way, I do remember giving lessons years ago. There is no feeling like having that person who can't get the ball airborne or that hits it crooked or whatever, when they hit that one shot doing what you've kind of shown them and instructed and that ball takes off, their face just lights up and they're like, Oh my gosh. And <laughs> to me, that's the best feeling in the world. I love hitting a good drive. I love making a good putt. I, I get it that that's personal stuff, but to help somebody else do that. And that it's almost like the light bulb goes on. And their mm-hmm. eyes light up. That's the best feeling. I mean, it is just amazing. So, yeah, uh, I think I think I mean the community of golf in Fort Wayne, really big group of people, really kind of tight knit. We a lot of us know each other, and so I mean, I think we're all excited and happy for you that you're you're on the on your this path. Uh, I know you'll be awesome at it because you're great with people. You're extremely patient and you're just likable. So I, I can't see this not going well for you. So um, uh, I appreciate that. You're too kind yeah. Be- behind the scenes. Maybe not so much, but <laughs> unless, unless it's something with Tim, my brother, then yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although no, he's actually, not- I, actually, I learned partially from him. He's got to be the most chill dude I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some reasons behind that one as well, but uh, um, yeah. <laughs> The Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, continues to deliver um, year after year. It's maybe arguably the hardest non-major on tour. Um, I, I'm not convinced this is a great golf course, but it's become a really amazing test of golf. Um, I, I, I've said this on the show several times. I'm not in love with courses that have firm greens that are surrounded by thick rough. I think it's... You know, then it becomes a bit of a chipping contest. Um, uh, 
and, and I, I think it's kind of that same thing year after year at the API. It doesn't make it uh, not compelling because it is, and it's entertaining and it's great. Um, and the reason why it was great this year is because God, we have so many top players yesterday going for the win. At one point I was convinced seven different guys were going to win that tournament um, for the half the day. I was like, Jordan Spieth, man, this is going to be his biggest win in quite a while. And then, God damn, he gagged it down the stretch and he just couldn't make a six footer. And, and then, and then it looked like Rory. Right. And then, then he had made a couple of bogeys. And then I'm like, this is, this is Scotty Scheffler's tournament. He wins these hard tournaments. He knows how to close them out. And, um, and then he wasn't able to, and then Kurt Kitayama, the, the guy you least expect walks to the door. Um, what was your take Dave on the day? And, um, this, this has to be what the tour wants with these uh, designated slash elevated events, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I didn't get to see a ton of the final round, but I was following alone, excuse me, following along on my ESPN app. And when's the last time a guy won a tournament, any tournament, and hit two balls out of bounds? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's been a while. And, and recovers from it. That's what I mean. That that's what was so amazing. But I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of flipping through my app. Spieth is nine under, and he's got a one shot lead. And I'm like, same thing. Yes, all right, come on, Jordan. And then I look back up, and he makes a double, and he's back down. And then Scheffler, and then Rory's tied at the top. And then it's I don't want to say he's an unknown, but because he is in the top fifty, but hasn't really won much yet. And you know, he birdies the seventeenth hole. Yeah. And then makes a great par on 18. Yeah. So, and nobody was birdie in 17 yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, very riveting, fantastic golf. I, I do agree with you though. I'm not a big fan. And I don't know if they set it up that way or if it kind of happened by accident because of all the winds and everything that blew, but I actually heard they didn't even mow the greens on Friday. They, all they did was roll them because they had a feeling they were going to kind of get away from them. So on one hand, I do like watching the guys struggle a little bit. I mean, they're hitting wedges into those greens that aren't stopping. I mean, that 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 stuff we we do all the time. Um, but like you said, then it was into rough that like you can't see the ball, like it's just gone to have to chip out of that. I mean, it's it's tough. It's very tough. Yeah. The uh, yeah, and, and and I'm interested in Johnny's take on that. I mean, I'm and I'm all for events that are not birdie fest and eight under is hundred percent, hundred percent, whatever. I, I just like to see some variety with the short game shots. I'd like to see, you know, some runoffs and, and things of that nature. It, it just, it, I don't know. That's just me, Johnny. What were your thoughts? By the way, we didn't even mention Harris English probably should have won this as well. Correct. Yeah. Well, I had, you know, I had uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler as my best bet this week and mm-hmm. was really feeling it. He was hitting a lot of really good shots down the stretch. Couldn't buy a putt. I still figured he was somehow going to uh, eke into a playoff at the end there, but obviously not to be. Um, the, the Why I like the, the API, um, I mean, the golf course is good, yes, and, and everything, but I do like, I, I love how they set the golf course up. And yes, there is a lot of, a lot of chip shots because it's, it's almost impossible to hold the greens, but you know what? That's each each tournament kind of needs to have their own different little, little characteristic. I mean, there's some courses that they're going to shoot 24, 25 under par on. There's some that, you know, they can't get the ball in the fairways because of the dog legs. You know, you've got small greens, you've got, 
you know, runoff areas on other courses. So this is just, this is just the, the, the identity that this course has kind of established themselves is just one that you've got to give yourself, uh, you got to hit the ball in the fairway because you got to give yourself an iron from the fairway to have any chance at holding the greens and, and the guys who hit it high and put a lot of spin on it. Um, like Kirk Kitayama does. I mean, that guy, he's only five, seven, five, eight. And I mean, he's got probably 180 ball speed and, you know, can spin the ball extremely well. So, you know, you kind of fit the profile of the golf course there, but, um, I like how this kind of provides a, a, a really tough, I don't want to say U S open, but kind of towards that way, that, that kind of stretch there. It really tests mm-hmm. them out before they get to the players championship. And, and, and I was fine with it. I mean, I, I think there's, there's 17 really good holes at, at Bay Hill and 18 is just kind of almost, almost too much, but um, it really forces you, you know, force the guys to hit, uh, hit an iron or hit a driver so they can have an iron shot from the fairway. And, you know, at 18, Kitayama, um, you know, pulls it left, it's a bad lie. And that second shot was remarkable out of that thick rough. Um, you know, they hadn't mowed the rough all week, so it was real thick. He loses it 12 feet right. I mean, that's that's just four yards right, and that thing is in the rocks. So to be able to hit an iron and keep it, you know, where he wanted to go and everything was was, was amazing there. But I, I think it was a very compelling final round. I mean, it, obviously it was, but with the missed putts and, and nobody could really get in a groove of just hitting fairways and greens and it ended up being kind of a short game contest if you couldn't spin your irons there. And we had... I'm kind of, I'm looking here. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven guys in the last like hour could have won that event there. And um, you know, for Kitayama to hit it out of bounds and make triple on was that nine? Yeah, triple on nine and come back to win um is amazing. And first uh first time a player has made a triple on the final round since uh twenty, I think twenty seventeen Victor Hovland. Um in I think it was Puerto Rico, but uh, mm. but pretty pretty good golf. Like that guy, and 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 you know this event is kind of designed for these elite players to do well. You know, and and Kurt Kiyama has been a uh, um, a journeyman. I mean, after getting out of college at UNLV, played the Canadian Tour, the Latino Tour, the the Japan Tour. He actually finished 177th in Corn Ferry Tour status. Uh, in 2017 and had to go back uh, and he missed Q school. So he went to Europe, never seen Europe before qualified it for the, uh, the then European tour. And was always kind of a decent player, made a lot of cuts out there, was just kind of a compiler and, and finally found his, found his break where he was able to, you know, play well on some PGA tour events and got his card. And now he's got an exemption for the next, you know, three plus years. So pretty remarkable story. Yet again, another kind of neat, Neat Sunday that uh, that the PGA Tour has produced. He's had a, an amazing path, and uh, just kind of shows you, you know, if you're you're a grinder and you work at this thing, I mean, it, there's a breakthrough potentially down the road. Um, he's been he's been really good for the last year. I mean, when he finished second at the Scottish Open, uh, great field there. Finished second uh, to Rom at Mexico. Um, he's been around on a lot of leaderboards last year. So this wasn't, this wasn't a shock. He was up there. It's certainly surprising to see him be in a field of this caliber, but, um, 
this guy's 19th in the world now. That was stunning when I saw that after he won. Um, yeah. Th- that was that was crazy. Any other takes from the API for you, Belleville? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, other than kind of what you said, it, it was hard. I mean, Spieth obviously had some problems putting. Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. had some problems putting. And the funny thing is, we were talking about this again the other day, the greens that those guys put on are almost always so pure if they get the right line, it's going in. I mean, it's that simple, but, but I don't know if it's because they didn't mow them a day or two, or I don't know what it was, but they did seem to really struggle on those greens. And it's not like they rebuilt the greens, you know, this year. And those were all new things. These guys are used to playing these holes and in, in, in the course. So it just, uh, I don't want to say shocked me, but to see them struggle, so many of them, when you throw John Rahm in there, he shoots 67, 76, 76. I mean, I don't remember what he shot the last day, but it's like, it's like he said, this hard, this golf course is really effing hard. <laughs> I mean, that's just plain and simple. You mean John Rahm didn't win after the first round? I thought, I thought the, uh, sir, he I thought, did not. I thought the tournament was handed to him at that point. That's um, pretty much what they do usually, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I was probably guilty of it too. Um, <laughs> Johnny, before I, I get any other thoughts on any players, I, I need to to put this out there before you do. I'm kind of out on Victor Hovland. I'm kind of out. Like I I I have some major major doubts he's ever going to win a major with that short game. I, I think. I mean, it's he he got obviously he made an ace uh, this week. I think he hold out another iron shot. Um, his short game is. It's incomprehensibly bad. Um, where to the point where I don't know how he wins one of these tournaments. We saw him do the same, the exact same thing at the API last year. Um, he comes that close, and Sunday he he just cannot get the ball up and down. I just have some I have some real questions whether he can win a non birdie fest or uh, a, a field against a field like this. Um, that's one take. Number two, NBC was god awful, and so Dave, you didn't see a ton, so I'll say this for I didn't Johnny. See a ton of it, yeah. Well, that's guess what? We didn't either. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> Therein either. lies the problem. <laughs> that, that, that's the problem. I mean, I, I the, the the whole issue with this the PGA Tour building up these these events where like okay, we got the best players in the world together. We are on this stage. We're 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 talking about Arnold Palmer. Everything is just mismatched. They're they're missing key shots. Like I didn't, we didn't even see Kitayama's drive on sixteen. He was leader of the golf tournament at that point. Um, I mean, at that, I, I understand there was a lot going on. There's a lot of guys, uh, 10, 12 guys they had to follow. I understand that you're going to miss some shots, but it was it was incomprehensibly bad. The commercial load. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a way they can do this where. You know, the last hour's commercial free. I'm sure we'll see that this week at the players. But I, I mean, I, I was I was astonished how far behind they are uh, against CBS. The, the the player interview with Ricky Fowler was not good. Um, I can't understand why they just can't follow the model that CBS laid down in the West Coast. Um, so those are a couple of my thoughts, Johnny. Enough to you. I I didn't I didn't. I was uh, at my cousin's house and we had it on, and it see, but it did seem like every time I looked up, they were either playing through or at a at a full commercial break. And I know they've done that. They've they've missed. They, they'll play like some key putts during the playing through. And yes, I know that's showing it, but it's not building up the drama that they need need to do. But uh, I had I had seen a ton of tweets 
uh, when I got home yesterday evening about how bad it was and, and how many commercials they were, there were. And I, I did watch it this evening, um, uh, right before dinner and it, 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 you're right. It wasn't good. It, it's not comparable right now to how well CBS is, uh, has, has kind of adjusted, um, on the fly on how they're doing things. And I think that's the big thing is just, just show golf shots, just show them. And even, you know, it's forgivable if you, even if you do them on, on delay, you know, if they're during the commercial break, just do something, but you know, we're just getting tired of watching commercial after commercial after commercial after only seeing like two or three golf shots, you know, per, uh, per, per session there. But, uh, that was bad. And hopefully the, the players championship this week, they do have the, the coverage there will be much better, but we'll see. Um, and that's kind of interesting. Uh, Victor Hovland, that you're off on him, that, that uh um that strongly but i think you're right though you get into a uh you know when green hitting greens are really tough he just gets so exposed and he's got the it seems like he's got the short game of like a an elite amateur and you know those elite amateurs have good short games but the pj tour guys are are a a huge step above that and you know he's he's always gotten away with it with with elite ball striking and and he's a good putter mm-hmm. and you just can't you can't win a 72 hole golf event i mean i'm sure he's you know he's won before um you know in the shorter events when you know 36 holes 54 holes or whatever and, and done really well you know doing that stuff but you can't you can't miss a green and 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 it would be that impossible to make a par save because that ends up killing all your momentum because he i think he fell back to what you know three or four under something like that makes a couple birdies coming in you know to make it look respectable but you're right if he can't change this and this has been his entire you know professional golfing career he might not be one of those guys who who's ever going to win just because you, you you can't you can't win golf tournaments with that consistently poor of a short game yeah and and you know, we have said before in the past, well, maybe it doesn't matter if you're truly that good of an iron player, you, you know, but conditions like this, everyone's going to miss some greens. Yes. And I mean, if you just think of all the elite players, you think of Scheffler, Rory, uh, JT, uh, Rom. I mean, these guys have the very best short games. Like if they miss a green, you're pretty confident they're going to get it up and down. And I just, I just don't get that feeling when I watch Victor play and it, it yeah. usually bears it out. And the only other guy that is kind of comparable is Morikawa. Um, you know, we've, we've seen his short game kind of come and go, um, but he's shown the ability to overcome it maybe a little bit more than, than Vic has. Um, I hope I'm wrong. It just feels like one of those things where you're like, Boy, guys, we've 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 been we've been hearing about how hard Victor's working on a short game, and and the numbers really bear it out. It feels very like Adam Scott putting, where we've we've we hear like, man, Scotty's been working on his putting, and and you know he's he's really been gaining some strokes on the greens, and then a big event comes and he gags it. Um, we've seen that with Adam Scott a lot the last couple of years. So I don't know, um, Dave, you got a thought there? Yeah, just just real quick, if you're talking about Hovland being like a superstar. Um, you're right. I don't think he's going to be unless he makes significant strides in the short game. There's still going to be courses and conditions and different things like that where he's going to be just fine because, you know, it's a ball striking thing or whatever. If he hits 17 or 18 greens, okay, no problem. But yeah, you put him, whether it's a U.S. Open setup, potentially a player's setup, 
or, or like the API, it's going to be really, really hard for him if he doesn't improve that short game significantly. That is correct. I'm just saying, look at his wins. Oh, first of all, yeah. not, not, not on the mainland USA, and they're yeah. all they're all birdie fest. Now he's had a couple of really nice uh, DP uh, tour wins for sure. Mm-hmm. Some yep. some a couple of bigger events, but on the PGA Tour, we we haven't seen him do it against a an elite field and be a, a more challenging golf course than a Mayakoba or Puerto Rico. Correct. So, um, I I do have some worries about Spieth. Uh, you know, the the old Spieth closes this tournament out. This version of Spieth, this roller coaster Spieth, um, that was that was a bit jarring to see him miss. I think a five footer, a three foot, eight inch putt and then a couple of seven footers i mean all of them and, and they were all the same type of putt where it wasn't a ton of break on any of those putts uh so i don't know jordan i mean the ball striking it's like when he has the ball striking then the putter fails and then when he's struggling with the ball striking he's making 40 footers it's i, I guess it's just very speedy and this this tournament was it feels like but uh, I'm, I am monitoring the situation as we go toward the Masters because Jordan at the Masters is usually money. Um, yes. Anything else from you, Johnny? Nope. Good. Good. Big um, implementations in the PGA Tour are coming uh, next year. Not all that different from what we're seeing this year, at least the idea of it. Um, but it's going to be a little bit more exclusive next year. Um, so I'm just going to read a couple of these things. And I want to talk about what you guys like and don't like about this setup. Um, eight designated events next year in 2024. Field sizes of 70 to 78 players, elevated purses, and elevated FedEx Cup points. That's a little different. We've mentioned that, hey, you should not be getting the same FedEx Cup points for the API as you are at the John Deere Classic. It just That is not an apples to apples um, no 36 hole cut at those events. Um, in addition to the eight, you'll have the majors, the players, and the three FedEx Cup playoff events. Um, um, the qualifying for those events, um, I think, is, you know, I, I think the big thing on social media was like, oh man, this is Live 2.0, but here's, here's I think, where the difference lies in. I'm talking about. Uh, top 50 players from the prior FedEx Cup standings. Um, the top 10 players that current year's FedEx, uh, FedEx Cup standings that were eligible already. Um, top five players not otherwise eligible are in the most FedEx Cup points through each collection of standard events. Um, that year's tournament winners not otherwise eligible. Um, top 30 in the official World Golf Rankings, so it's grabbing everyone that's not made it, that are still an elite player. And then the four sponsors exemptions restricted. Um, I'll start with Dave. Dave, thoughts on this? Do you feel like this is the rich getting richer? Do you feel like this is a fair system? Where are you at? Um, yes, that's where I'm at. I, on one hand, I'm frustrated and I don't really, I don't want to say angry because it doesn't affect me whatsoever, but this is all a 100% direct response to the whole live model and the live problem, if you want to call it that. Um, so from that perspective, why wasn't this done five years ago? To me, that's what's frustrating. This It wouldn't even be being done today 
had Liv not come along last year. So as much as everybody wants to bitch about Liv or this or that or whatever, the guys are still on PG Tour, better thank Liv and thank all those guys because that's what has led to this. Now, with that said, originally I look at it and I'm like, man, it is just a, a money grab, the rich getting richer. But I read a, a thing today, actually, by Peter Malnati, who is a, I'll call an everyday journeyman. He's on the PGA Tour policy board, and he came out 100% in support of it after he was 100% against it all the time leading up to this till he was in that, that final meeting. Um, and after reading his post and, and some of his reasonings, I'm softening, I guess, a little bit. I, I get it. Um, from a fan perspective and from a media perspective, whether that's NBC with their horrible coverage or CBS with their really good coverage, it makes 100% sense. You're going to have some of the best fields, best players going head-to-head against each other. And just like you said, though, you're still going to have maybe a Kurt Kitayama, which he would have got in you know, because of his world ranking. But guys like that who, you know, this year they're playing great. So they're in the top 15 or whatever in FedEx Cup points. They're still going to be there. Um, so if you've played well over the last 12 months, even though you may or may not have won, you're going to you're gonna get a chance. So, you know, is, is it the PGA Tour of, of five years ago or, or in my era 25 years ago? No, it's not. And I'm not sure it should be um, at this particular point. So, again, I, I, I'm kind of taking a we'll see. I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not 100% against it. It's frustrating that it couldn't have happened five years ago. If, if you can do it now, why couldn't we do it then? That's all. So, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be okay. I really do. I really do. Well, I mean, w- without getting into the the live comparisons, because I think if you if you polled a lot of the good players, I even heard John Rahm say that if if it wasn't for live, we wouldn't be doing this. So I think they all kind of understand that. So, but take it away from it. I mean, it's not going to change too much. These are just basically WGCs. They're yeah. they're they're just gonna, you know, they may add a couple more here and there, and I think it's going to incentivize these guys though to play, um, you know, in more events. Maybe the guy, you know, the 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 guys who let, let's let's say Ricky Fowler, um, you know, a tremendous presence, big fan favorite, uh, a guy where uh, fans will go to watch him. And let's say he's outside of that top seventy-five or eighty, doesn't qualify for those events. He's going to play in these these other little events. And I, I think Max Homa, when they first interviewed him and and asked him about it, I think a lot of it is going to end up saving these smaller events. Um, you know, look at, I mean, look at the Honda field. Look how bad that was. We were talking about, uh, we were talking about Eric Cole and uh, Chris Kirk going at it at, at, the, at the final, which it was an, it was an outstanding golf tournament for people like us three who are going to watch that stuff. But people aren't tuning in to watch Chris Kirk, you know, win a golf tournament. Yeah. They're going to see, you know, they're going to tune in if they see Rory and Jordan and, and uh, you know, all these guys at Bay Hill competing and everything. So I, I think it's an interesting thing because it's only a few events and it'll really get hopefully these superstar players all into one, but it'll also incentivize those good players to continue to maintain the uh, uh, the excellence by playing in 
their fair share of events during the season. And it will, I think, improve the fields as a whole. There's going to be a lot of, I think, adjustments, though, because I don't, I'm not a fan of the no cut. I like the smaller field. But if you remember the WGCs, the last 20 guys were just, they were straight trash. I mean, either they somehow qualified for playing on the Japan tour or, you know, some other random tours and everything like that. So they need to figure out something at the end of the field because it just had a very, um, it just was too much of an invitational field. Maybe, maybe what they do is all 80 are guaranteed to make X amount of money, but they only give the top 50 who finish FedEx cup points. So you could potentially earn zero FedEx cup points. And I think that's what the PGA tour is really pushing for is, is to not necessarily the money list stuff. Yes, that is very, very important, but to, to earn invitations into all these and to, to get into the masters or get into the U.S. Open, you've got to be so much on the, the, the FedEx cup rankings and, and, you know, figure out a way to give them points, but also make it compelling near that part of the leaderboard where these guys still have to play. You can't have a guy who's like, you know, 18 over par going into the final day and just play the hour and 20 minute round of golf. And, and, you know, just so he can catch his flight out and go to the next event there. But, uh, but if they can, if they could add some interest to it, and I think they're going to have the quality fields that, and, and um, with the enhanced FedEx cup points, they're going to make these events interesting. And hopefully they make the current events um, like Bay Hill or Harbor town, or, you know, just the inter- interesting ones where they've got a history and can additionally draw the fans to, to have that interest and watch the events. Um, it'll be I think there's going to be some bumps and and how it's figured out over the course of the, the next couple of years. But I, th- I, I really like it because the rich, the elite, I mean, if you look at any other sport, I mean, look at what, you know, what an NBA player makes or what, you know, a quarterback in the NFL makes. I mean, we just saw uh, uh, the guy from uh, Seattle today. Three years, one hundred and five yeah. million. I mean, these guys are making thirty Gino, million. Geno Smith, yeah. Geno Smith. There we go. Thank you. And we—that's okay if John Rahm does that. I mean, if he's going to make, if Rory's going to make twenty-five million dollars a year, I mean, the dudes deserve it because they're—they're better than everybody. But this, I think, will incentivize guys to play in more of these events to try to get into that top fifty to get those guaranteed starts in there. And you know what? It's just like what Roy McIlroy has always said: like if if you're complaining about not getting starts, and I think that's what those those you know, the, the 100 to 225 on, on the rankings are constantly complaining about is not getting enough starts. Unfortunately, just, you just got to do better. You've got to, you got to take, you know, take advantage of the times when you get the opportunities to play well. And that's just, that's what it is. And that's the good thing about the the PGA tour or any golf tour is as long as you pay the entry fee, you've got just as good as a chance as John Rahm or Rory McIlroy to win that. There's no handicapping. There's no coach not pick, you know, not playing you because of your salary or or anything like that. So it's, I could see both ends of it. I think it's going to be a positive. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but it'll add some more compelling events throughout the season. And, And I'm just hoping that in turn, will build up the Houston open, the, the Honda, you know, whatever that tournament's going to be called. And it's going to make those events all the better with, you know, potentially better star power. 
And I, and I think it will, Johnny. Sorry, Phil, if I meant to cut you off, I didn't mean to. But I think it will, too, a little bit, because especially if they time them right, because that was part of the problem with Honda. They yes. came straight from the waste management, which was a elevated event. They went then to Honda. Then you got two straight elevated events after that, the API and now the players. Guys aren't going to play four straight weeks. Yep. They're just not. I mean, that's one yep. question I was going to ask you in a little bit. You know as well as I do, and, and Phil knows as well, even just playing in like the Fort Wayne City Tournament, that's three days. But by the time you're done with that tournament, from a mental and physical standpoint, you're exhausted. So yep. try try doing that four straight weeks for these guys. And, and the thing I was going to say is the guys that were in the hunt this last week on that such a tough golf course, is that going to take somewhat of a toll coming up this week? You know what I'm saying? Yep. You go, you know, now you've got back-to-back weeks of the same type of thing. So um, I get that. But I also think, again, if they're spaced correctly, I think it'll help the Houston Open or the Honda or whatever. Because guys are going to be like, oh, I haven't played in three weeks. I might want to play this week, even mm-hmm. though then there's an a, a elevated event the following week. So I, 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 this is going to sound dumb. If they do it right, I think it could mm-hmm. really help some of the other off events as well. Yeah, I think the the one of the wor- bad one of the struggles with what the PGA Tour has now is there's so many good events from January first yeah. to um, to late April. There's yeah. just there every single one is just yeah. an outstanding event, and then they thin out quite a bit, and they're just yeah. at that point searching. So that's going to be the hard part. You're right. Is it, it seems like every single week we've been talking about an elevated event, and we're talking about. You know, Phil mentioned in the opening, this is, quote unquote, the fifth major we're going to be talking about. But really, is it any bigger than waste management or is it any bigger than last week at API? So that, that's right. a I think it's a that's a definite thing that they're going to, have to figure out is is how to make these go into June and July before the Open Championship. Right. The PGA Tour this week is going to tell you that this tournament is the is bigger than those other tournaments because it's it's their crown jewel. Right. Um some really good thoughts from the panel uh, so far. Um, so I'm going to add my thoughts, and I don't want to. I don't want to be redundant at all. But um, I, I, I mentioned in my little intro that the separator from this this model versus Liv's model is is the qualification system. Like these guys are earning their way into these events, and Liv, you're sort of guaranteed your spot. If Phil Mickelson plays poorly on Liv. He's not going anywhere. I mean, he's not. And he does. Right, right. I mean, to me, this is almost the feel of like a English Premier League kind of relegation system a little bit. Yes, I'm going soccer. Uh, never thought I'd have to do a comparison there, but um, but Johnny kind of said it. You play well, whether you're a top player right now, you're you're a Peter Malnati mid tier guy. You play well, you're going to earn your way in. Um, if if and that's through either these designated events or the John Deere Classic or uh, the event up in Detroit. If you play good golf, you're going to earn your way in, and that's 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 the that's the separator for me. I don't love yeah. the no I don't love the no cut aspect, but as Johnny mentioned, we've we've been having no cuts for a while on tour with mm-hmm. WGCs, the Tournament of Champions, the the. FedEx Cup playoff, the, the third events. Well, I guess it's now the second event. When when they get down to the top 70, there's no cut. There's no cut to tour championship. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's not great, but that's not all that different than the model that we've seen. What else do I like? Um, that 
I, I think this season they made it mandatory for the top guys to play the designated events, not mandatory next year. There's still going to be a portion of their schedule that they'll have to play some of these smaller events. Um, you know, Steve playing, you know, I don't know if they play the John Deere used to, um, but they'll, you'll still see these guys at some of these events and it'll be a big deal. I also agree with both of you. I think you both said it, that it's going to make these, um, you know, these events that are non-designated even more compelling and bigger. We saw, we saw last week at the Honda with, with Eric Cole. I mean, we're like, holy shit, is Eric Cole going to win this tournament? And he's going to get in, he's going to gain status and entry into all these big tournaments. Like, that's a life-changing thing for someone like that. Um, so there's some there's some really good things about this. Um, and yeah, and 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 Johnny said it perfectly. I mean, who who are the the main drivers in the NBA? LeBron James, Kevin Durant, um, uh, Giannis, all these guys. Because I mean, and, and, and that's that's deserved, right? Um, same thing with. Rory, Rom, Spieth, like these guys are the, I mean, the, the, these are the guys that people come to see play golf tournaments. They're the reason you're, you're tuning in on Sunday. And if this was Kurt Kitayama and um, I don't know, what's the really obscure name? Scott Stallings um, on Sunday, you know, it just doesn't have the same pool. So of course it's the rich getting richer, but I also think it's the, it's the middle guys getting richer as well. And I think, I think a lot of these guys see that because it's going to provide them amazing opportunity to, to get into that, um, that elite level, at least elite level of events. Um, maybe everyone thinks that way, except James Han, James Han of the world. I don't know. Well, the funny thing about that, and, and I've got a couple of things, uh, names right here, but champions tour, PGA tour champions, same, same type of thing. A couple years ago, Stephen Alker had no status. He Monday qualifies, he wins a tournament, and he won their uh, Charles Schwab Cup last year. Um, Doug Barron, three years ago, he was the first guy suspended by the PGA Tour for drug violations. Monday qualifies, wins the tournament, and now he's a full-time. So Eric Cole, two, two weeks ago, Monday qualifier, finishes second in the tournament. That I, I know he didn't win, but that changed his life. That changed his year. Now, he's going to have to take some more advantage of some of that stuff, but that's the way you then get into that top 70 or top 75. So, you know what? You don't like what's going on right now with your golf life or whatever? Play better. Yep. I mean, it's yep. that, that's the great thing about golf. You can't say, well, my pitcher had a bad day or, you know, all my hitters struck out five times or whatever. No, you go do it. Mm -hmm. You take care of it. You play better. You don't like it? Play better. Yeah. The, so. uh, the, the PIP is being reduced in half um, uh, as as a result of, of all these purses going up. Um, I think we saw Pebble next year. It looks like it's going to be an elevated event. Like, how awesome is that going to be? Um, um, Pebble? That came out. Yeah, I think it looks. It, uh, there was a Golf Week article that that there's sources are saying sources are saying that. Um, it's it's no longer going to be a pro am, and uh, as early as next year, it could be really. So, I mean, how well, cool would it be to have? Uh, did, did I get that right, Belleville? Well, it's still going to be a pro am, but they're going to be done on thir on Friday. They're not going to play the weekend. Got it. The got pro it. am part's only going to be thirty six holes. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Oh, okay. 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 But 
so and, and it sounds like the eight designated events um at least for next year are not been finalized so the the, the idea is that there's some of these you know are going to move around um to different different events so i for the most part i i, I really like it um but you know, maybe I'm a PGA Tour homer. Maybe that's already been established with my position for the past year. Probably Johnny's as well. Um, Belleville, you've been a little bit more in the middle, which is probably uh, is fair. Uh, we've had some others on here that are more pro-live. Um, and it's not an anti-live take. I, this is just a pro-PGA Tour take. And sure, it is absolutely a response to live. You are not, you are not wrong there. And this, they've been sitting on this kind of stuff for years and it's, it's kind of incomprehensible why it's taken this long to develop this, but at least we're here some, some way we've gotten this, this system now. And I I think it's going to be great. I really do. Um, All right, let's move on to the players. Um, The fifth major um, we're going to, re- we're going to see the return. I don't know if we're going to see the return of gold boy this year or not. Dave, are you aware who gold boy is? No, <laughs> fill me in. Oh, fill me dis- in, Phil. I'm a little disappointed in that. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Probably not the first time I've disappointed somebody today. <laughs> right. Well, um, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it really. It was long last year's telecast. They had this gold statue type, it, like computerized guy. Playing okay. the seventeenth hole with was it a gold golf ball too, Johnny? Yes, it was the it, it was the trophy. You know, the trophy is the compilation. Yeah, of every how have yes. I not seen so, anything about that? So the the trophy is is digitally produced and it was sitting there on the seventeenth hole, and it looks like it's about 30, 40 feet high or something like that. And the figure on the trophy, who they called Goldman, actually, okay. I think it's Goldman, Gold Boy, whatever, <laughs> whatever, yeah. gets off the trophy stand and hits a golf shot. And they did this. Uh, they also did it and created uh, the better than most putt, and actually no showed way. it to Tiger. They showed yeah. it to Tiger without him, him even knowing. And he had, he had this <laughs> incredulous look on his face, yeah. like, what, like, like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> yes. So you know, the rumor is though. Yeah, the rumor is though is that they, uh, I think they've taken the jokes and not they're not going to play with it anymore, and they're they're done with it. Is what I actually read a tweet right before we came on. Mm, that's the same. I'm, I just pulled it up actually. I and the sad part is I don't remember seeing that. Oh my goodness, year, I, that, I think, that's I think, disappointing. I think I posted like when I post the podcast on social, I'd put like a screenshot of of Goldman at various times throughout the season. I think it was like the next 36 weeks that was one on your photo dump on the, I, I, on the post. I actually, on my phone, I have four or five different screenshots of Goldman. If anyone ever went through my phone, they'd be like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> um, anyways, I digress. Um, this golf course, TPC Sawgrass, of course, uh, I, I can't think of other – the only other course comparable to me of like where you know all the holes, you, you know where not to hit. Each, you know, th- this drive or the approach shot is is uh, Augusta. Um, I mean, you just you just know this golf course like the back of your hand, and that's that's kind of the fun part as you're watching the telecast. Not a long golf course, only 7,200 yards. Pete Dye design. They're playing for 25 million dollars this week, guys. Four and a half million to the winner. Um, obviously, the toughest field in golf. The uh, I'm just I'm just literally rattling off things here. Um, the, the champion is not here, Cam Smith. The guy that finished second is not here, Anderbon Lahiri. 
guy that probably should have won last year. Um, long shot winners here. I mean, they have real viability. Um, I mean, we've seen some long shots like Siwoo Kim um, over the past five years. Um, uh, I mean, even going back, I mean, we've seen uh, who was the who was the Aussie that won? Um, Craig Perks. Yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig Perks. Yeah. I mean, so there's and was there's, never heard from again until he started announcing. <laughs> I mean, Matt Kuchar, right. KJ Choi, uh, Tim Clark. Tim Clark, yeah. Steve I mean, there's Ames. been there's been some. I mean, some good players, but not like. Super, super Really stars. good uh, ball strikers, though, yeah, those names you good, just listed. Good strategists around the golf course. Yeah. And that's, and, and we've talked about this in the podcast a lot. Pete Dye designs, I mean, they create deception um, with especially the approach shots, um, uncertainty, um, visual, just kind of, for lack of a better term, fuckery, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, that's a great it, term, actually. It's a great term. We've created a, a nice term. <laughs> To me, I don't know if I don't know if there's any correlation with I've played well here in the past. I'm going to play well this year. I just haven't seen. There's usually no consistency or no rhyme or reason of who plays well here, um, like other courses. Um, I don't know, Johnny, if you've seen something different in in the data that you've looked at. There's guys that you can. There's no particular uh, guy or skill set that you really want to want to consistently fade year after year. And, and it's because of the golf course, you know, the, the winds can get kind of weird because this is just a time in Florida when it's always windy. But like you said, it, it Pete dies golf courses. This is kind of the OG of him messing with your mind, with the golfer's mind off the tee and then into the fairways. And, and he's always said, my golf courses aren't that hard. I just make them look hard. Um, and that's where he just, you know, he, he just, you know, would get these guys to, to play. But there's a few that I'm going to look to to not play this week um, and any kind of formats at all and looking to fade in possible matchups just because they haven't had a good course history. But there is no telling. I mean, Tiger Woods for a while didn't have that well of a course history here, but he's won here a couple times. So it's like, yeah, you can you could win here just the right week, but it just it doesn't it doesn't give the consistency. Like we talked about Bay Hill last week, you know, you look at course history, you look at guys who, who fit a certain, um, you know, good drivers of the golf ball, good iron players, you know, and, and short games and whatnot. But here, here it could be just completely different. And that's, what's uh, that's what's so unique and fun about this is that you can go in there and you look at the odds of the guys who have won in the past, you know, there's a, I think it's 144 player field. I mean, there's legitimately like 60 guys probably who could win this event. I mean, with a good week, if they're, if they're doing everything right. So that's normally not the case. You know, most golf tournaments you go in there, there's maybe 20, 25 in general. Um, but this just doesn't do it. So this is going to be a hard one. And we're going to have to, when we make our picks and everything, we're going to probably have to go based on some certain criteria, whether it's trends or, or, uh, course history or how, you know, how we kind of feel their strokes gained and their strengths, you know, fit the golf course in general. Or just a wag. Wild ass guess. The wild ass guess is, is, is <laughs> probably. <laughs> And what did you yeah. well last week, right? Kirk right. Yeah, who I heard was uh, in some books 200 to 1. Um, yeah. So there you go. All right, let's get to the odds, guys. Uh, I think 
I think these guys have established themselves as sort of the big three. Remember, remember the old days when it was Tiger, Ernie, Phil, it was the big three. And then they were like, well, wait, it's big four, Retief Goosen, and then maybe there's a big five. Well, right now it feels like there's a separation of three. It's Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler. Um, Rahm and Rory, this is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Check your odds, of course, on other sportsbooks, but they are at nine to one both this week, and Scotty is at 11 to one. Pat Cantley, um, damn it, I had all kinds of jokes lined up for his new sponsor. I was going to say that he constructed oh, a nice finish. Um, <laughs> really, I mean, I had well because done. I can't drilled make, a bunch, drilled yeah. a bunch of putts, you know, yes, yes. Cut through that wind. Because uh, I don't have, I don't have Jason mm. Kokrak with the, you know, the poker references anymore. But um, so Patrick Cantley is at sixteen to one. Justin Thomas is at eighteen to one. Max Homa twenty. Colin Morikawa twenty two. Xander and Victor Hovland at 25, Jason Day at 28, Tony Finau at 30. That's the group under 30 to 1. David Belleville, who do you like from that group? You got one or two there? Um, Yeah, I, I got to go with Scheffler. I just got his, his all-round game and, and just his form, the way he's played over the last year is just – it's probably been the most consistent of any player on tour. I mean, obviously he has what four wins, five wins during that time, but Rom probably has Rom probably has close to that. Rom's number one in the world. Um, but I think any, it's underrated too. I mean, these are all big. That's what I was going to say. Anytime he's in the field, he's near the top. I mean, it just lately that's just the way it is. So, yeah, I, I mean that. With, with the lower odds, that would have to be my pick. My second one that I had was Rory, but I mean that's just like you said. There, there, those are two of the top three right there. I mean, yeah. I don't really see anybody else in that group that just comes out. I mean, I go, oh yeah, I got to pick them. So all right, all right. So Dave's really going out on a limb with Rory and Scotty. Yeah. Um, Johnny, what about you? Under thirty to one there. Well, normally we we look at value in a lot of the regular season PGA Tour events. Um, this is this is a little bit different. This is more towards the majors, and we do you know we always talk about the majors. We just say pick pick the guy who you think is going to win the event, and mm-hmm. you know you got to really kind of just throw out the odds there, or you got to shop around, find your best book. Um, so you know when a guy like John Rahm is looking at like you know. 13 to two or plus 650, you know, plus 700, you know, things like that. You just can't bet him in a regular season event because, in theory, he can't. He proved last week that he cannot win every single event, um, just about every single one of them. So, with that being said, so if, if this is going to be maybe a little bit different here. Um, I like Rory. He's won before uh, just a couple years ago. Games there. Um, Could have, would have, should have won, won last week. Um, he's going to be on my card. Um, I, I did want to mention, since Dave already mentioned Scheffler, um, yes, has a win bet, but he's, he's a pretty good top 10 bet at plus odds, plus 125. I think that's, uh, that's real good. I think he's going to be up there. Um, the only other name I wanted to mention, I don't love the odds, but we're going to have to go with it is Jason day. Um, he's, he's getting healthy and playing really good golf. Um, Finished uh, top 20 this last week here at Bay Hill. Um, had a good track record at this golf course, which is a huge plus for me. Again, I would love him if it was plus 3,500, but plus 2,800 is still enough 
Um, again, I'm not really worried about the number. I just think that he's got a legitimate chance at winning. So I'll have him on my card. One guy in this group I am going to fade is, is Pat Cantlay. Um, he seems to have struggled. Uh, usually doesn't have the greatest track records at this, at this place. So, um, I'm going to keep him off my card. Might look at, uh, um, even fading him in, in some matchups. Okay. I, I made the decision. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to take my chances and not pick any of the top three. And, uh, you know, it's, it's traditionally what I would go with as far as fading the top. Uh, you know, that's something I might look at middle of the tournament if, if, if they're in position and they have really nice odds. I'm also going to fade the bottom of this portion of the board. Um, Finau has, and Johnny mentioned, you mentioned him today. I'm, I just can't see it at, at Sawgrass. Uh, he's had a pretty terrible track record here. Um, I already mentioned my hate for Hovland right now. Um, I'm not seeing it from Xander. So I'm, I'm focusing on two guys here. Um, I have said, uh, I've said in my mind that Kyle Morikawa is a player's champion. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. I think he wins at, at this golf course. I just think it's so well-suited for his game, his precision off the tee, and his elite, elite iron game. It always comes down to putting for, for Colin. Um, he's been very streaky, hit, hit or miss so far this season. Um, you know, since uh, January, he's had three top sixes and two missed cuts. So we've seen a little bit of both sides of Colin. And the other guy that I really, really like this week, and it's taken me a long time to finally come around to believing it, but it's the second best guy that on tour since January 1st, Max Homa. Um, three top threes. Even last week, um, elite ball striking, second worst putting uh, putting tournament he's had in 18 months. Uh, he's been one of the better putters on tour. I think there's last week was a blip on the radar. Um, I really like what Max Homa does around the golf course. He really has seemed to um, learn how to uh, strategize his way around. And I, I trust his ball striking. It really truly is elite. And, um, Max, he's obviously not done it in big events in his career, but I think we're, we, we've seen a little bit of progression in that aspect. We saw him go head to head against uh, Rom a couple weeks ago in Riv and lost, but he was right there. I like Homa this week. Um, like I said, it's taken me a while to finally come around to Max being a superstar, but I think he's right there. Feels like that's the next step for him is just Has contend and win a player's championship. Yeah. 30 to 60, uh, I, probably, I, you know, this is usually the range where you feel like, man, if I could get one of these guys and, I mean, you get the values immense. Will Zalatoris, 35 to 1, missed the cut. I know he didn't miss the cut last week. It felt like he did. Um, he just kind of toiled on the weekend. He's at 35. Terrell Hatton was in the mix last weekend at 35. Fitzpatrick. Uh, Spieth and Cam Young, that's Dave's boy, uh, 35, Sunjay at 40, Tom Kim at 40, Keegan at 45, Shane Lowry at 50, Connors, Keith Mitchell at 55, and Siwoo and Ricky Fowler at 60. Johnny, we'll start with you in this range. Well, first, for anybody who likes Tom Kim this week, um, he goes, for some reason this week, they have him in there as as Ju Ju Young Kim. Um, I actually did bet him um, really early in the season at this event. I had a free bet. I think I threw on call. it, 
And I had to make sure that that was Tom Kim. <laughs> now, of course, months ago, I got him at 35 to one. So now he's sitting there at 40 and I'm just not happy Damn. with myself, but I can't believe that. That's, yeah. I, I think it's, he's, he's kind of come back to earth a little bit there, but anyways, um, so, so the guys, that, though. Great golf course for him. And that's exactly why I picked him specifically for this one and not uh, like a Masters or something because this this is the type of golf course when he's playing well, he will win a player's. Um, and I just don't know if it's going to be this year. And I just I don't see it yet there. But anyways, guys, I do like um, – we're, we're, we're giving out future players tonight like like crazy, future right? players. Yeah. Watch, watch his number. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's not playing a good enough golf. It, right it's now, it's kind of like Zach Fitzgerald giving out majors to Colin Morikawa. Oh my goodness! Right? Giving Zach, out like eight or nine of them. Zach's taking a beating here, catching strays. He's not even on the show. That's what he gets. Um, Tyrrell Hatton. Um, he played really well at Bay Hill, and I think this is a good good fit for him. And when he's playing good golf, he's 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 really good. And I kind of just want to see him with a chance on 17 oh just God. to see Tyrrell Hatton, just to oh see him God. play those last three holes. I, I, I almost, I actually, I won't, I'm not going to bet him this week as a win bet. I might bet him like top 10 so I can root against him in the final group, just having a, having a, a, a Tyrrell Hatton meltdown. So but, that, would, that, would but be, that would give me some good theater coming. That down would be some incredible <laughs> theater, but yeah, I do. I do like him there. Um, Keegan Bradley playing really good golf. I think he's recommitted uh, a lost weight that he didn't know that he even had, but he's in shape. I think that's the, that's the most important thing in, in playing good golf there. Ricky Fowler, not, not to mm. win this event, but I like him on the top 20, um, you know, obviously former champion here playing good. Um, there's a couple of, I do like this group. One guy though, I am going to fade and uh, he's only one of the only two first was Cantley is Jordan Spieth. Um, Jordan Spieth. I, I, the, 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 the two miss the cut is not out yet. Um, they'll probably have it tomorrow. Um, I'll be looking at that number. If it's in plus odds, I'm going to bet him to miss the cut. Um, it didn't work out for me a couple weeks ago. I bet uh, Justin saw, to miss the cut and he was the 36 hole leader. So <laughs> take that information as you wish. But uh yeah. um Jordan is this he he'll probably since I'm 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 throwing it out there, he'll probably end up contending. But uh I don't like him this week. But this is a good group of, of guys. Yes. I mean I could go down the list and kind of say, yeah, I, I could have a reason for just everybody but Jordan Spieth to win in that uh in that group. Dave Cam Young uh, no, actually, I don't even have him in, in this group. I, his form to me, I mean, I know he played decent, ended up decent last week, whatever, but yeah. no, I'm not, uh, I still like the guy a lot, but I'm not, I'm not going there uh, for this week. And I'm not even going to say he's going to win a players at some point. Cause I'm not sure of that. So, um, no, I actually took Sanjay M mm. and Jordan speed like that. Ooh. Um, Okay. I, I yeah. don't disagree with you, Johnny, honestly, anything you said about Jordan. I, I just think that, and he said it, so I guess I have to trust him a little bit. All those putts he missed on Sunday, he's like, I hit them all on the exact line I wanted. We just didn't have the right line. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if he truly is hitting the ball where he wants to, honestly, that's all you can ask. If you misread it, you misread it. So, I, 
he, you know, is he going to have to make some of those to win? Absolutely. So we shall see. But he's been playing pretty decently, though. So yes, yeah, he played well at Phoenix as well. Yep. I like the Sunjay play because it does feel like a Sunjay course. Uh, it really, really does. It does, hundred percent. And that's, I mean, I almost went with the Tom Kim thing, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, he's kind of played out a little bit. I mean, it's not like he's playing horrible, but he's not playing as good as he was six months ago either. So yeah, I think he's just, you know, you see the frustrations with the with the missed putts, with the bad golf shots. He's kind of letting that get to him. He's just kind of caught up in the fame and the the expectations of the the President's Cup. And once he gets that figured out, I mean, he's only yeah. twenty one, and he will get through old. it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I two guys in this range. Uh, one is going to be Corey Connors at 55 to one. Connors played well for 45 holes last week. He was leading mid middle of the day on Saturday. I don't think that's a Corey Connors course. Uh, uh, API. I, I think Sawgrass is a Corey Connors course. Uh, putting is always an adventure with him as well, but uh, I, I kind of relate him to like a, a Sunjay light uh, accurate Really, really solid iron player. Short game is is always a question, but I, I like the number with Corey Connors. And the other guy, I just I, I, I can't quit him. I won't quit him. And that's Will Zalatoris. Um, I'm actually I think if you wait though on Will until Wednesday night, I think 35 might get closer to 40. I think because he's been a little bit off the radar, a little bit of questions about his health. I think you can, I think that number is going to drop because I just don't think there's going to be a lot of people betting him. But um, I, I'm still encouraged overall that he's playing. He hasn't had um, any setbacks with back injury from last fall, and I'm just I'm just a firm believer in, in this guy being top three, four player in the world. So I, I, I'll wait on Will, but I, I do like him. 60 to 60 to one and above guys. Um, I told you in our text uh, to pick out a couple you liked. Um, it could be guys at 60. It could be guys at 150. Um, Dave, who's the play? Um, is, it, is it guys that you like to win or guys that you think you might finish top no, 10, I, top 20? I, well, I've got a little of both. Um, uh, in the over 6,000 category, I actually went with Harris English, who played great last week. Um, so I kind of, kind of got him carrying that on a little bit and Sam Burns, um, again, a guy that has been a little under the radar again, since he, you know, he won. Um, but yeah, he's just, he seems to have one of those kind of all round games that he can play anywhere. So, um, those Sam are Burns my at 80, 80 to one is yeah, exactly. as much as he's won. Exactly. It's crazy. And then the other I had, I had Max Homa, your guy, and for a top five. That's, I mean, I know that's not plus 60, but it's plus 450. And then keep this in mind, top 20, guy we were talking about a while ago, Eric Cole. Hmm. He's in, and we're talking about, you know, if he wants to move up, he's going to have to take advantage of some of these situations. He's from that area. I mean, he's from Florida. He plays a lot of that golf. I, I He's hot, obviously, from two weeks ago. So. Yeah, I, I really think that he can uh, he can get you a top twenty. I'm going down the list. I'm waiting for him. Eric Cole for a top twenty is plus one thousand. That's what okay. I got. Yeah. Okay. Donnie. 
I I like the Cole pick because I like the I like the pick hot golfers because yeah. I think that's that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at trend wise is is what I picked out this week here. Um, you know, Harris English played well, could have won the tournament last week, and uh, you know I think he's fully healthy now. Just getting that golf swing back, and um, you know, seemed to be putting pretty pretty well. Um, don't know his course history here, but I just liked him from what he what he looked like last week. Um, not even close to a win bet, but Webb Simpson that, oh. got th- shot thirty on the back nine at Bay Bay Hill on Sunday. He's finally maybe he got that putting stroke back. He his his ball striking isn't bad. But his putting has been, I was looking at, it, has just been a joke and putted really, really well. I mean, he, he's 131 to, 130 to 1 to win the event. He's not going to win it. He's probably not going to finish top 20. But, you know, look at him in a top 40 or something like that if you think he can end up, end up making the cut or parlay him in a make cut. If you, But a former champion – Maybe there's some signs of life. I know we've mentioned him a couple times. And yes, I no said fun. he was dead. <laughs> I said, we, is Webb Simpson dead? We we did ask that. And he, as of Sunday afternoon, he was not dead because he shot 30 there. So, so you know, it's it's not a bad one there. Um, Brian Harmon. I, keep, I feel like this is – we didn't even have to have me on the podcast here. We could have just taken, like, a bunch of names that we always mention. But this is a Brian Harmon golf course. And I don't I – mean, 110 to 1 is is big, yes. Probably not going to win it, but the guy's had top 10 finishes before. So I'm liking that. I didn't check his form, though. That's the one guy I haven't really looked at. I know he played well, I think, in an event or two on the West Coast there. So You love Brian Harmon. I don't love Brian Harmon. I mean, I if don't. we if someone was was keeping a record of of Brian Harmon picks, I, I, you you would have a high. You would you would have the record. <laughs> yes, something like that. Uh, Harmon finished back to back runner ups in the fall with Mayakoba and RSM, and he hasn't he hasn't had a top ten since. But he was. He, <laughs> Thank he you. Play. I think he had a top twenty on the West Coast, though. I don't remember which tournament, but I do remember seeing his name. Okay. I'm I'm going down to the 181 terrain, 181, 180 to one. A little talking today, guys. Um, Johnny's system play, Adam Spenson, is um, playing some good good golf this year. We he won the RSM in the fall, finished top ten at Riviera, even top twenty five last week. I think 181 is a little underpriced. I mean, I don't think he's going to win the Players Championship, but I, I could also say it's not crazy. Um, I think plus 1200 for a top 10 is really interesting. I like that he is an elite ball striker. Um, just saying, I like that number for him in some capacity. Um, Davis Riley shot 66 on Sunday. I'm back. I'm back on Davis Riley. Um, he finished in the top 10 last week. So maybe he's gotten some momentum plus 1100 for a top 10. Um, I, I'm not a believer that one of these guys that's a hundred to one is going to actually win the tournament, even though this, this tournament's history has shown it's possible, but those are a couple that I like that are down the board. Um, but that's all, that's all I have guys. Um, anything- so, so just, just so make sure Davis Riley's in Victor Hoblin's out. Right. For you. 
What about Aaron Wise? 150 to 1. I, I said I did say I was done with Aaron Wise too. Um, that's a good point, Dave. I from from a superstar perspective, I'm I'm it's a it's a different scale. I'm treating Fair Victor enough. Hovland on the is he is he on that scale that level of Schefflers and Rory's and and even Morikawa's and and no, he's not. Um, is he is he a much better player than Davis Riley? Yes, yes, he is. Um, I. I I, I keep betting Davis Riley, and I said I was done with him for a while, but now I'm back. <laughs> but Aaron, Aaron Wise, man, I, that dude is dead to me right now. Dead. And so is Justin Thomas as well. <laughs> Can't touch them. All right, guys. Players' Championship. Any final thoughts, or are we good? I'm good. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic week. I've, I have heard, obviously, it's still a little early, but I think the weather is supposed to be pretty good. Little bit of winds, but mostly mostly sunny and warm. So yeah. Should yeah, be interesting. Wind wind is gonna be there, obviously, but and they're growing the rough out actually to three and a half inches instead of Ooh. the traditional two and a half. So that may make a hmm. little bit of a change if you uh for those betting at home, you might you know, hitting fairways is is yeah. going to be a little more optimal this week, but with a sub air system underneath, they can control the greens and make them soft or hard. So they may just want to, I mean, they could just absolutely just brutalize these guys. If it gets, you know, if it gets firm and fast and, and balls running in the fair or out of the fairways and everything like that, but fun event, this is always a real good one. The, you know, I think the golf course is, is gotta be the most fun to watch. I mean, other than Augusta. You know, year in and year out. So I, I, I can't wait for Thursday. Yep, it's elite. It's an elite event. All right, boys, appreciate your time. We got down into some, 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 some good discussion today. Great panel tonight. Thanks, Dave and Johnny. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, check out your best bet. We put out the Pierre podcast last night on YouTube. We'll have this one out on YouTube as well. We'll have our picks out on Wednesday. Um, so no Callahan this week, but we'll get him on in the future. Um, and then our next podcast will be Sunday night and I'll be with my buddy, Nate, breaking down the selection show, um, right after it's released Sunday evening. And we can talk about the prospects of the Indiana Hoosiers, um, going forward in the tournament. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Go Hoosiers. Hoosiers.